Hi, this is Betsy Beers, and I am the executive producer of How to Get Away with Murder and Grey's Anatomy, and this is Shondaland Revealed, the official podcast for the shows that we like to make here at Shondaland that happen to occur on Thursday nights on ABC. Grey's Anatomy at 8 o'clock, How to Get Away with Murder at 10 o'clock. And today, we're going to talk about Grey's Anatomy. Mainly, really, we're going to talk about Grey's Anatomy, but we're also going to talk to one of my favorite people on Grey's Anatomy, who's been with us for a little while now, and who graciously came on her day off and is super nice to show up on her day off because if it were my day off, I would probably be lying slightly comatose on the floor, like curled up in a ball someplace, sleeping or watching some other television. But no, she put on clean clothes and she managed to get her butt in here. And it's very, very impressive. Um, please welcome the lovely Kelly McCreary, who of course plays Dr. Maggie Pierce. Hello. Hey. <laughs> That should be hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl, see. I already have things to say about that introduction. Have you spent any time kind of comatose on the floor? Because gosh knows I have recently. Yeah. I mean, I, I I calculated the number of hours that I worked last week and listen, our crew crews work the hardest the longest hours of anybody, but I think I worked the most hours last week that I've worked since I've been on the show, except for that very first episode of mine, which was like Which was all mag- you. Yeah, which was all me. That was all you. And I, I really could have just laid on the floor today. That's really a true fact. And But I got up happily because I do so enjoy <laughs> our conversations, Betsy. She has to say that, you guys. No, no. It's really weird. No, no. I got up happily to come and I was like, please don't let her ask me about my outfit because I am not wearing a costume today. I just can't do it. I'm well, interestingly enough, even though it's um, after Halloween, we're all doing a bit of a tribute to Halloween today. But you know what Kelly McCurry did is she actually is tributing Halloween mm-hmm. because she's in a orange yellow top and some black pants. So I like to say she is the spirit of Halloween, <laughs> right? You go, exactly, exactly. And I am wearing a sock monkey onesie. And I actually am wearing a sock monkey onesie. And I know you guys don't believe me, but I really it's true. am. I'm, I'm looking at her in her, what is this, like seafoam green? Oh, that's a really good description of it. It's kind of Thanks, more Crayola. vomitatious than that, I think. But <laughs> And there are lots of sock monkeys, and it's a zip up, and I've got some sock monkey socks on, and of course I have my friend the sock monkey who's with me. Don't ask me why, but I decided that today I would dress as who I really am, which is four years old. So that's what we got going on here. This and is a genius Kelly um, costume. Kelly very uh, sweetly is putting up with this. Um, so you did work a ton last week. Like That was an incredibly heavy week of work for you. Normally, because we have so many cast members, it's sprinkled out a little more evenly, right? There are definitely episodes where one or the other of us is heavier. And so you'll be in every day, you'll work some long hours here and there. But I don't, I think it was the difference between like being at work for a long time in a day and being in every scene of every single day. That's different, which it wasn't quite that much, but it was, it was pretty darn close. A couple of the actors have been doing some episodes where they're super heavy right now. And I had a conversation with somebody else last week who was just like, I'm fried. Totally. It's pretty, it's, it, and some of the episodes have been pretty intense. The episode that we all just watched, which of course just aired, I love this episode because first of all, Marika, who plays the, the person who comes in from outside to evaluate how well people are being taught is one of my favorite people anyway because she's an incredibly talented actress she's super smart and funny she also happens to marry to scott foley so let's just speak about the fact that they are the coolest couple in coupledom Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in the world of cool people and she's what i found really impressive is she's a great actress you guys because i found her to be in this episode 
really compelling and she really knows how to teach. Oh yeah, we all are confronted with our inadequacies. <laughs> Each of you in different ways. Yeah, and it's funny, like as I was sort of reading the script, preparing for it, I was like, oh, so because there's a very humbling moment. There are a couple of very humbling moments for Maggie in, in the episode. And as I was sort of just tracking through like the way she gets broken down, I was like, oh, but wait, there's a very humbling moment for Owen. And there's and then there's one for, for Meredith. And it's like, oh, she's just breaking us down. She is. The Eliza Minnick is super crazy balls about that. Yeah. My favorite is when she actually makes Owen get under the table to check <laughs> to see if the guy's bleeding. And then baby doc says, um, I'm sorry, would you mind? Could you move your foot? Like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's like super, super fun. I think that's Jerrica who does yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching Maggie go through not being the best for me is super entertaining. It doesn't matter if she's not being picked by Riggs, if she's getting beaten up by a consultant, or if she's just constantly in these situations where she seems to always have to reprove herself. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like, <laughs> she kind of reacts to them the same way every time, which is like in this complete disbelief that she has to go th through this. It's like, isn't it as plain as day that I get the A's in life? I should be the choice. And she's really confronting her humanity <laughs> in that like, you're not always... You're right? not always the best, and you're not always the one people choose. And uh, maybe it, maybe that's her karma. <laughs> maybe that's the lesson that she just has to keep learning, and, to learning keep learning and learning until she it. gets it. So no, it's so, so true. <laughs> now, do you feel like, because you joined season 10, do you feel like over the past, because we're in season 13 now, so Maggie's been practicing at the hospital for a while, do you feel like she's growing, or do you think she's sort of stuck in a place of continually making the same mistakes or hmm. doing the same things right? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, up to this this point with Eliza Minnick, as a doctor, I think she definitely is in control. I, I love playing the scenes where we do watch Maggie teach. Like earlier in the season, there was the episode where she works together with Amelia and they've got Stephanie on their service and, oh, and they're great. all working together. And I just love those moments because it's like, yes, this is where she gets to apply her know-it-allness and offer it to someone else. <laughs> and she is secure in that. Like she's 100% totally secure in that. One thing that I think she has given up like that was a hang up that she has given up was the sense of questioning her belonging. You know, I think there's that lovely scene in the season premiere where she's like, hold on a second, Meredith, you invited me to be part of your family. I accept it. That's I right. expect to be treated as a family member and I want to be treated as a family member and I want to treat you that way and I love you. And she's come a long way. I totally agree with you. Way. And I just, I also just sort of feel like in terms of her confidence and her energy, she's come a really long way because I think she knows how to identify what she wants mm -hmm. and then she tries to get it even with the failed attempt with Riggs I feel like there's a strength there she has a determination that I think she's much more sort of confident in also I just think what she went through with her family and going through watching what happened with her parents I think she values family so much mm -hmm. and I think she's really working to make the sisters work or mm -hmm. as we like to call them the sisters because in so many ways, she's the glue. She's the one who's most invested in keeping them together, that's Ex for sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think her relationship with Meredith has grown. So I think she's really come really far. One thing that I've always really liked about her that I think I, I think she was good at professionally in the beginning was really standing her ground and standing in her power and the fact that she was great 
one thing that I, a quality of hers that I wish I had more of is that she's so willing to face down her fears and, and confront the problems, like the, the breakup with DeLuca. As soon as she, she sniffed that there was something that she didn't want there, that didn't fulfill her needs there, she went and addressed it head on. And same with Riggs, you know, she's like, I'm going to put myself out there That's with That's what him. I really and like I, too. She walks straight into her fear a lot in a way that um, I really admire. When you think about the relationship with Richard in comparison, where there was all that sort of tap dancing around when she first got there. Yes. And how totally. differently now she's approaching these other relationships, which is time is short and life goes by, so let's just deal with this crap and keep moving on. Yeah, take me or leave me and let's keep going. <laughs> totally. Exactly, because totally. guess what? There's a lot of other crap going on. Do you like playing a doctor? I do like playing a doctor. Did you ever want to be a doctor? Um, I heard that there was like 12 years of school right? involved in being a doctor, and I was like... No thanks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will take the shorter route and the route that requires fewer chemistry and biology classes. But that's why I love playing a doctor because, like, the reason you do 12 years of school is because you're desperately passionate about that thing, right? And, like, you can't wait to know more and more and more and, and practice more and more and more. These doctors in particular on our show, it's like we're almost morbid the way we get so excited about these gruesome, horrifying <laughs> things that happen to other people because we just can't wait to get our hands on it and see what we, how we can use our knowledge to fix them. And I, I love that. That's the, that's the best part of it. Were you ever squeamish around blood? Oh, I'm, so, I'm terribly squeamish around blood. You know... Okay, I'm just going to ask you this because everybody freaking asks this question. Do you think you and DeLuca are going to get back together again? Oh, yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, right? Everybody wants DeLuca to get back together with you. That's sweet. You know, I think the DeLuca moment was so important for Maggie to be a little bit reckless. I mean, she was completely neurotic about it the whole time. But like... I would have been too. Yeah, she's like a well-behaved, like straight-A student. Totally you know? identified and with her. And she needed... As a human being to have that experience that was out of her comfort zone and and that was really good for her I don't know how long human beings need to stay in those moments in their <laughs> life no, they, you know they, they have they they have those moments and then they move on to they carry the lessons into the, the next experience. You know, I don't know if you go back to that well, but I, I loved them together. I really did. I thought it was really fun. They were super fun to watch yeah. but I like I found her dilemma so identifiable. Yeah. Like, I could fully identify with that whole... And the cruelty of that was the reversal that ended up happening. That's sort of the way it goes sometimes. That's the way it goes. And that just goes to show... Or, I don't know. I, it's That's one of those not things, right. Like, it's not meant to be. Right? It's not meant to be. Yeah, if it can't be out in the daylight, if it only works as a secret. Then totally it's, agree. It's, yeah. Totally agree. I know April's on Tinder now, but I'm sort of excited. I hope Maggie <laughs> goes on Tinder, too. Because watching that process would be incredibly watching entertaining. Maggie on dates. It would that be super would be funny. hilarious. It's really actually. funny. That would be really fun. I just think dating a non-pro for Maggie would be awesome. Uh huh. You know, somebody who's not a professional doctor, and on right. our show, doctors always date doctors, guys, because we spend all the time in the hospital, you guys. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're not a doctor, then you have to drop by and drop off lunch a lot <laughs> for your boyfriend or girlfriend, because otherwise it doesn't work so good. We had a non-doctor boyfriend for Meredith Grey in season two, starting to be season three, which was played by Chris O'Donnell, and he was a veterinarian. Oh. And that worked in because, of course, Dr. Dr. Dog. Yeah, right. he was Dr. Adjacent. But even that, we had to go, <laughs> had to go to the vet a lot. Um, are you ready to answer some fan questions? Sure. Awesome. Okay, Always. so you got a lot of fan questions, which is, as Thanks, I would expect... Guys. Harper at Nothing But Grays wants to know, what's your biggest hope for Maggie by the end of the season? I would like to see Maggie become ambitious 
ambitious toward something bigger than just being the best doctor. Yeah, I'd like to see her sort of expand her professional horizons in some way, you know, put her on track to be the next chief, to innovate in some way at the hospital. Dream big. Yeah, to dream big. Mm -hmm. So Monica at the Pompeii Method wants to know, what topics do you want the writers to explore for Maggie? Sort of the same thing, trying to push her towards really, really challenging herself? I had this germ of an idea for like plagiarism. You know, like we're, we haven't had a research storyline in a while, um, but I would like to see one of the doctors confronted with like an ethical. Which is happening thing. so often now. At the forefront of my mind right now is this, the Dakota Access Pipeline. <laughs> like what? I know that there are native, a huge Native American population up in, in Washington state. I wonder if we could have a storyline exploring some problems in that culture, in that community. That's a really smart idea. Um, I think Grays in particular is so good at exploring the human humanity and the, hu- the like moment to moment conflicts and concerns of the people involved in those heightened situations. Really good question, Monica. Thanks, See, Monica. very impressive. Alyssa Lynn and Kim from Scandal Fan NLM and Marathon Trash. Marathon. Anyway, Alyssa Lynn. Sorry about that. Um, did you watch Grey's before you got cast? <laughs> like back when it first began airing, I watched, I think, the first season or two. And then I moved on to, oh, an apartment that didn't have a TV. But yeah, I lost the thread of Grey's. And so I didn't come back to it again until I joined the show. Super cool. Well, that gave you the certain freshness, see? <laughs> yeah. Jordan Rowland at Roland Jordan wants to know, if Maggie was a Starbucks drink, what would she be? Ah, she would be the peppermint mocha. (laughs) (laughs) She would be. She's like, you know, she's like East Coast. So she's like, she's, you know, something that makes you think of like cold weather and like cozying up. And she's a little bit sweet and chocolatey, you know, because I'm black. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You you heard it here first, you guys. I think the peppermint's really good for her because there's an energy to her. There's this brightness that comes with like peppermint. Okay, so Harper, nothing but Grace again wants to know, what do you miss most about Wisconsin? Among my fondest memories in childhood is like the time spent on the soccer field, just like outside, the smell of grass and like the the geese flying up, you know, (sighs) off the field and stuff. And my brother still coaches soccer out there and I, I when I get out there when he's in season I love I love going to the games okay Lexi at Lexi Kelly Monica McDimples that I love Calzona wants to know who is your first friend amongst the cast who did you kind of meet first and and bond with Sada Ramirez. Sada Ramirez yes because she was the only one in the cast that I actually knew before I joined the cast Sada and I did a play at the Williamstown Theater Festival in 2004 we hadn't seen much of each other since, but, you know, we had that mutual point of connection. So we became friends again. I did, I did not know that. That's why I love doing this, because I find crap out, which yeah. is amazing. Um, Linz at Peace Love Grays wants to know, if you could be any other Grays character, dead or alive, who would you be? Hmm, dead or alive. I'd like to spend a day in Catherine Avery's shoes, because she has the best necklaces. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to say just a props out to... The haberdashery and jewelry yes, in general. Yes, haberdashery too. Like she just is always rocking looks that are yeah. like she's got a kicky new hairdo too, which is just <laughs> kicky is the perfect kind word of insane. For it. Like 
Yeah. It's sort of channeling the 60s in a strange way. But I know. Like, the other thing i got to say about Miss Debbie Allen is Miss Debbie Allen, I swear to God, you could put like a paper sack and like a baseball cap on her and she just looks amazing. I know. I know. She's just, because it's the inner beauty and the joy and the light that is, is that oh, you and can the, see beyond the paper sack. The confidence. She would wear that paper sack like, oh yeah, it is exactly. the most fabulous paper sack in the world and we'd all be going out and buying paper sacks. True. Like I literally have complimented her on her pants and she bought me a pair of the pants because I kept complimenting her on the pants. <laughs> Some Seriously. of those big like oh, yeah, parachute those pants. pants. God bless her. She went and got me a pair of parachute pants. And I was like, they just don't look like they, they do on you. I know. Um, Bobblehead Lives, who's one of our favorite people ever, Bobblehead Lives, loves television and watches amazing amounts of television. Is an incredible fan. <laughs> Wants to know, if you from a, if you were a toy from the 80s, what would you be? And if you don't remember the She-ra. 80s. she mm-hmm. Princess of Power. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Nicely done. She-ra. Mm-hmm. And Relly at Avery Loves April, last question for you is, what's your favorite thing about being an actress? There are so many things I love about it. But, you know, the first things that, that sprang to mind are like the, the play, that like I get to go to work and, and play. But then we play to make these stories at Gray's and I've had the good fortune of doing lots and lots of work that I, I really, really believed in. And I felt like it was doing a service to our culture and to exploring uh, humanity, you know, giving people an opportunity to understand people in their lives better, or understand other parts of themselves better. And it feels really good to be contributing to that because I, I think art is important. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's one of the things that people have found in studies recently is that one of the most important things not to be cutting out of curriculums and educational programs and outreach programs is artistic expression and the fact that there are all of these different ways that you can express yourself that are really, really important to the soul and the health and the mind of everybody, kids, adults. And I also just think the thing about actors is, and I talk a lot about this, that I think people underestimate the amount of work and effort that goes into it, because you guys make it look really easy. You just watch and you go like, oh, that's Maggie Pierce, you know, Mm -hmm. but people don't think about the effort that it takes for Kelly McCreary to get into a headspace where you can do particular things and how open and honest you have to be in order to do that. When you are pretending to have emotion, your body doesn't, and your brain don't, doesn't know the difference between when you're pretending and when you're actually having it. We're putting ourselves through this stuff that we're going through all the time, and we have to come up with our coping mechanisms and our extraction strategies. It really takes like a physical and, and psychological toll sometimes, you know, if you don't know how to manage it. Well, look, thank you so much for all of that. Thank you for spending the day off you had where you could have actually been relaxing and re-nourishing yourself in terms of going back to work. But I got to talk to you instead, so screw it. (laughs) Who cares about you and your needs? I got what I needed, right? (laughs) I'll just stay here on the couch for the rest of the day. You can, and we can bring you a peppermint mocha, which would be, like, I think, super awesome. Um, Next time in Grey's Anatomy, there's an amazing episode, you guys, and it's called The Room Where It Happened. It is based on a song, but let's, so we're super clear. It's based on one of Shonda Rhimes' favorite songs from... One of Shonda Rhimes' favorite things in the world, Hamilton. And we all love Hamilton, but let's just say that Shonda Rhimes loves Hamilton kind of more than Hamilton maybe loves Hamilton. We have a character named Eliza Minnick on the show. So we're super clear. (laughs) We're super clear. So all I can say is for those of you who haven't heard Hamilton, check out Hamilton because you'll meet a character named Eliza. Mm -hmm. And this is very much about a difficult surgery. It's an amazing, very special episode. I really, really hope you guys don't miss it. And try to watch it in real time if you can only because... It is mesmerizing, and you'll discover a lot of stuff that you didn't necessarily know. So Thursday, November 10th at 8 o'clock on ABC. On how to get away with murder, no more blood, 
which I can't believe is a title for how to get away with murder because there's always more blood. But apparently they're claiming no more blood for some bizarre reason. And you're going to see some real tension among the Keating Five come to a head and you're not going to want to miss it. There are a lot of surprises in this episode is all I'm going to say. Thursday, November 10th at 10 o'clock on ABC. And thank you so much again for EW.com for posting the exclusive first listen of the podcast every other Thursday night. We really appreciate it. Please subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Land, where each new podcast episode will be available every other Friday night. And don't forget, if you miss an episode, you can get caught up or we can rewatch on ABC.com or the ABC app. There are only two episodes left, y'all, until we take our winter break. So this is not hard. This is not difficult for you to do. Just stay home. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go out on Thursday night. Friday's <laughs> for doing everything that you couldn't do Thursday because you're sitting watching the shows. Come on. So we'll be back in two weeks with another Shondaland Revealed podcast. And that's going to be all about the winter finale of How to Get With Murder, y'all. This is going to be so good. The winter finale is so screwy. It's amazing. So you're going to want to tune in for that. And but until then, I'm Betsy Beers. I'm an executive producer at Shondaland. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.